Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Along with Jimmy Smith, publisher of TigerDetails.com, I'm Christian Garrick. Jimmy's filling in today for Herb Tyler, and it's a great honor for Herb today. He's going to be an honorary team captain, Jimmy, and uh, we're, we're happy for, for Herb uh, being able to be recognized by LSU and, and his accomplishments when he was a quarterback at LSU. Yeah, I mean, that's cer- certainly something we'll never be able to experience. Right, right. right. <laughs> so and that's why, when he, you know, if you know Herb, like you know him and I know him, he's very committed to, you know, when he commits to something like this radio show, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he was hesitant about doing it. And I was like, Herb, you better do it. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, this is once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and this is possibly his last moment to shine, Yeah. right? I mean, it's been a while since he's had the cleats on, and, and to be able to stand in front of 100,000 fans and be recognized for all that he did for the program, I mean, he was part of those transitional years for LSU, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that stretch under Herb Tyler um, and Jerry DiNardo, I mean, th- that was kind of the stretch where LSU started to take the turn, started to get some of the top recruits in the state, and from there it became Saban's team and so on. So uh, good for Herb, happy to sit in a seat and honored. We're, we're glad to have you, and we're, we're glad to be at Drago's here on Constitution in Baton Rouge. What a magnificent uh, restaurant this is, a beautiful one. About two and a half years old, they opened this store right before the pandemic in February, and then in, uh, in March the pandemic happened. And But, man, it, it's a beautiful store. Come on out and hang out here with Jimmy and I. Uh, we're here till 4.30. Over to, uh, uh, to Texas and Austin, 17-16, Alabama surviving so far against the Longhorns. And, Jimmy, here's where I stand on this game. First off, uh, Texas was – in the red zone early in the fourth quarter, had to settle for a field goal. Alabama went right down the field on their next possession and scored a touchdown. And they lead. They have the ball right now in about four minutes and some change left on the clock in the fourth quarter. But here's where I stand. This is still a win-win from my standpoint because I love Gump tiers. I mm-hmm. certainly love UT tiers as well. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you're going to see either one of those make me happy. I think you'll see both. Alabama fans aren't going to be happy with this win. If they pull this game out, they're not going to be happy. You know, this is an extremely confident fan base, and rightfully so. I mean, this team's won about everything you can win over the last decade, but uh, they aren't going to be pleased with this. And and I was talking to Ron Higgins earlier, and and Ron was saying this is the first time he's watched Alabama in years and thought there's some serious holes in this team. And he just doesn't know if this team will be able to bounce back, whether they win or not. Is this the number one team in the country? I mean, they haven't been able to guard Texas all day. Texas is, is wide receivers are having the way with the secondary. There's some offensive line issues at Alabama. They don't have a, a deep passing game. I mean, these are things that we thought, 
you know, were, were staples in that program. Sure. They have a great offensive line. They always have vertical threats in the passing game. Nick Saban is basically the de facto defensive backs coach at Alabama year in and year out. And meanwhile, he has not been happy today, man. Oh, I bet not. I bet not. And that new extension he got, I wonder, I wonder if he's thinking twice about it. Probably not with all the zeros in that check. Yeah. Um, also, if you if you had coin on Texas to cover the 20-point spread, you can cash your ticket. They're, you're not losing that bet. You may lose the game if you're a Longhorn fan, but you're not losing that bet. Um, that was, you know, if you got in on that action, you're cashing the ticket. The, the spread was 20. Right now it's 17-16 in the fourth quarter challenge here. So we'll keep you updated on the number one team in the country in Alabama. They're on the ropes uh, taking everything they can, or everything that Texas can deliver right now at 17-16, getting started on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Jimmy Smith, Christian Garrick, our Oakland Heart Jewelers. Talk and text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Jimmy, last Sunday didn't go the way LSU wanted it, right? Mm. Quickly moved on. They've got Southern tonight in Death Valley. When the sun finds its way, its place in the western sky, it's Saturday night in Death Valley. Um, I would imagine there's there was a lot of real honesty uh, from Brian Kelly and his staff uh, this week, in particular on special teams. Last week, they had four special teams miscues in the loss to Florida State. And most really good teams don't have four miscues on special teams in a, in a season. Right. And that was supposed to be one of the staples of Brian Kelly's programs, right? He brings in one of the few coaches that followed him from Notre Dame was, was, was Brian Polian uh, as the special teams coach. And they got the transfer punter. You know, you have Malik Neighbors back there. You have all these athletes on the field. Everybody just thought this would be a solid special teams unit. And in week one, I think if you were to attribute any phase of the game to that loss, it lays on the shoulders of that special teams unit. The offense struggled throughout the game. They picked things up in the fourth quarter. Um, their defense, you know, this bend break kind of thing that we saw develop, there were a lot of times Florida State was able to go down the field. But once they got inside the 20, things tightened up in the end uh it was the special teams that really failed him and and i'm curious to see this week i know he said malik neighbors will be receiving the punts again um is there someone else he's going to work into that mix uh, i saw they made some replacements in the middle of the game last week on on protection for that field goal and, and, who and they i question that personnel. though why yeah. i question why why i understand he made a mistake they made two players made a mistake but then you're going to throw somebody else in there that hasn't had probably the reps that the other two had i i think I think Brian Kelly outsmarted himself a little bit last week. Christian, I, the two guys on the left edge protecting for that field goal to win that extra point to win the game were two true freshmen. It would have tied the game. That, that would have tied the yeah. game. It was two true freshmen. And one of them wasn't in an enro early enrollee, so that means he's been there five, six weeks. And so that's the move you make. I, I definitely question that call. I don't know if that was Kelly. I don't know if that was Polian. Um, but it was definitely a mistake. Right, and, and it ended up costing him. I was watching it earlier in the game, and I'm like, those splits are bad on that edge. If Florida State brings an extra defender right there, they're going to bust right through. Mm -hmm. And you saw it kick after kick. And when, when it, it came crunch time and it was time they had to block that kick, you better believe they saw it on film and said, this is somewhere we can exploit. They saw it after LSU went down the field with their first opening drive and kicked the field goal. They saw that there was a breakdown in the blocking, and then they schemed it up mm -hmm. uh, in between possessions and – Made him pay after that. And I know Brian Kelly's going to get second-guessed or has been second-guessed a lot. Should he have gone for two there? But he's an analytics guy. He goes by the analytics. I kind of sometimes go by the way Sean Payton used to talk about it all the time. Yeah, an analytics tell you some things, 
but you got to go with your gut sometimes. Your gut. You got to yeah. go with your gut. And if you're going to be strictly analytics, I don't know that that's going to work out for you. All right, we've said our piece on last week. Southern's in town tonight, LSU in Southern. These two programs have been around, Jimmy, for 100 years or more, and it's the first time they're playing each other. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, these are, these are you know, story programs in their own right. Mm-hmm. And tonight's the first matchup. It's hard to believe. It's insane. I mean, I don't know exactly how far the two campuses are from each other, but they share the same town. Um, you know, and with all the history, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling if you think about it. I was shocked to hear it. I just assumed at some point, uh, you know, that they almost I, – I thought they might have had an annual rivalry at some point, at least years ago. Mm-hmm. But to find out that they haven't engaged in a football game against one once in the – uh, each other is just mind-boggling to me, and I'm glad we're seeing it now. And hopefully, honestly, this becomes a trend that we see in, in for years to come. All right, um, Jimmy, the oysters just hit the table, so we're going to step that. away. I'm really back. distracted. I started stuttering <laughs> and everything. All right, we're at Drago's. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show. Drago's Seafood Restaurant down here at uh, on Constitution in Baton Rouge. Getting you set for LSU and Southern tonight at 6.30 right here on the home of the LSU Fighting Tigers, WWL. We got the oysters just hit the table, char grilled, raw. Mm. They are delicious. Welcome back here to the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show, along with Jimmy Smith, publisher of TigerDetails.com. I'm Christian Garrick. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. You got uh, LSU and Southern tonight, but we're keeping a close eye on this game over there in, in Austin between Texas and Alabama. Alabama leads 17-16 with Texas driving late in the fourth quarter. I'll get you the exact time here in a moment, but um, under two minutes to go. Again, like Jimmy and I talked about earlier, if you ca- if you put coin on this game for Texas to cover 20 points, you're looking real good right now. You still might win the game. You might win the game and the bet. Yeah, Texas might. has the ball. Yeah, and if you're around here, you might as well make it. Drago spend some of that money just dripping charcoal. The they look fantastic. Oh, they look so good. 17-16, LSU in Southern tonight, 6.30. What are your expectations tonight, um, Jimmy, for LSU in a bounce-back opportunity? Yeah, I don't think this is going to be tough for them to get up for this game, right? Um, it's a it's a crosstown rival of sorts. I mean, whether they play or not, they're very familiar with the student body over there and the history that program brings. And then coming off the loss last week, you better believe he's, Brian Kelly has challenged his guys. What I think we're going to see today is a, is a coach that's – determined to keep his starters on the field for as long as possible. I think if this game gets away from Southern, uh, LSU's still going to have first-team offensive line on the field. I think we're going to get to see some of these these other players as they well. They need it, quite frankly. They, they need it. They need the work. They need to develop some of that continuity that only comes with playing time. Um, so I think we're going to see a, a real uh, hard-fought effort from LSU today. I think they're going to uh, play for 60 minutes and – and try to leave this game with a positive note heading into SEC play next week. LSU um, favored by 38 points Mm. over Southern. That's a lot of points. It's a lot for a team that I just watched really struggle the week before. Yes. And I got got a little action on Southern covering. And you, you might be saying, oh, Christian, you're crazy. They could be up by 40. LSU could be up by 40. I think they get, I think Southern gets a cheap touchdown late to cover for you. Yeah, I think it's absolutely possible. Um, I do think, though, like I told you, man, if LSU's winning by 30 at the end of that third quarter, don't think they aren't going to trot that first-team offensive line back out to start the fourth. Like, they want these guys to play for 60 minutes, and the best way um, to teach them that is to make them play for 60 minutes. So, 
Uh, LSU's not. I don't. I don't think LSU's just gonna give them a late touchdown here. So, my friend. So you think that you think that I was uh, uh, unwise to, yeah. to uh, look, place that bet? If I was forced into making a bet, I definitely would have taken the points. That's a lot of points to get anyone, um, especially when you've struggled the week prior. So I would anticipate Southern being able to to, to cover the spread here this week. So, but you just never know. 17-16, Texas just took a sack under That's uh, a, big sack. a minute 38. Yeah, I'm trying to find where the ball is spotted. If they're out of, I think they're out of, that sack took them out of field goal range. They're trotting them on the field. He's going to attempt a field goal. Well, this is, man, <laughs> this is college football. Look, and this is a team that in Texas is going to be in the SEC in 2025. The guy, the kicker's name is Burt Auburn. Burt Auburn? Auburn. Like, huh. wouldn't it be great? For the Auburn kicker, did he make that? Oh, my gosh. He made it. That. He made it. Wow. Texas on top of Alabama, 19-17. You can hear the cheers in Drago Seafood here. Uh, Our guy Tommy over here. Tommy Stenovich is, is pumped right now. about it. <laughs> Tommy just said a dozen oysters for the kicker of, of Texas. Now Bama's got what? Um, minute 29. Minute 29. Plenty time. One timeout. Minute 29, they were able to go down the field a little earlier in this quarter. Uh, so th this is going to be a, 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 a tight finish here. So you told me that there's a rule that if you're playing University of Texas in Austin mm -hmm. and you get a you give a horns down sign, yes. that's an actual penalty? It's a penalty. I don't I – don't ah. the amount of whining that took place for them to put that penalty – is that unbelievable? I can't believe that. I just I mean, can't buy that. Every time I hear it, and I know this for a fact, every time I hear it, I'm still shocked by it. I know when a reporter asked Saban this week about it, it was his first time hearing it, and then he told the reporter, well, thanks for informing me, right? So, uh, but yeah, that, isn't that crazy? I mean, I, we're not I talking about flipping that. a bird. So, so like, if if um, if you did the, the Gator Chomp and as, as an LSU fan in Florida, in Florida. No problem. Yeah, no flag. That makes no sense. No flag. That makes zero sense. All right, we got a really good game today. Alabama and Texas, uh, the Longhorns on top, 19-17, late in the fourth quarter, about a minute and 29 seconds as I can see it, and Alabama's about to take possession of the ball down by two. We'll step away and come back. Ron Higgins from TigerDetails.com will join us when we return. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, Drago's, Constitution Avenue, and Baton Rouge. Jimmy Smith, Christian Garrick here on Tiger Tailgating Saturday. LSU and Southern coming up later on tonight. And we just watched Alabama uh, go down the field there in field goal range. Texas took a timeout. It's 19-17 currently. Uh, Texas over Alabama. We'll keep you updated on that score. There's literally five seconds left. Alabama's about to try a, a field goal, and once again, Texas kind of iced the kicker. We welcome in now Ron Higgins, columnist for TigerDetails.com, Hall of Famer. How are you, Ron? I'm good. I'm watching the game. Uh, yeah, Will Riker just kicked the field goal, but they, uh, uh, but they iced the kicker, so he has to kick it again. This they is very them. tricky for yeah. This is very tricky for Alabama because they're not used to the, trying to kick game winning field goals, so. Nothing's in the bag here. Nothing is in the bag. Here we go again. Yeah, he's yeah. about to try it again. Looks he like he got one. it. Alabama yeah, survives yeah. Austin. They win 20-19 to 19 over Texas. Crazy, crazy. This, this game exposed a lot about Alabama. Wow. Really did. Ron. Yeah, I can hear you. 
And in, 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 in a lot of ways, I mean, explain, though, you've been able to see the whole game. Um, we've been kind of watching intermittently here at Drago's, but just to explain explain that thought, expand on that thought. Well, first of all, I mean, uh, you know, Alabama knocked out Texas starting quarterback, I think, in the first quarter, maybe. Uh, I hurt his shoulder, uh, got got flagged for roughing the passer. It wasn't really roughing the passer. It was a clean hit. But he got hurt. They put their backup in. Their backups had a bad ankle the whole game. Texas has been able to hang in because, frankly, anytime they wanted to throw deep on a guy, they had a guy open deep, or Alabama was finally whistled for pass interference after – two or three times when they were grabbing receivers and nothing was ever called, and they started calling it. Uh, and Alabama's secondary looked very suspect. Uh, the offensive line has, hasn't been that great. I mean, for instance, to me, Texas got ahead, uh, was ahead 1970 because Alabama went for it on, on fourth and one on the Texas 25, had a fourth and one and didn't get it. And Texas broke back down, kicked the field goal. Alabama really hasn't, you know, there's been a lot of things, eye-opening things today about Alabama. First is their their wide receivers aren't very good. Uh, they played decently in the fourth quarter, but for most of the game, they dropped balls and they couldn't get open. And the defensive backs really haven't been able to cover anybody uh, who's remotely fast. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they got some problems. And uh, this this wasn't a fluke Texas thing with them. Texas isn't that good. But Texas did all the things necessary to, to hang right in there with him. Ron, when you look at uh, LSU and what happened last week and this this matchup with Southern tonight, um, what kind of game are you expecting for a, a Tiger team that I would imagine is pretty angry? They're pretty angry, and but they should they should beat Southern like SEC teams beat SWAC schools. The SEC current SEC schools are fifteen and zero against current SWAC schools and. One game's by an average of 45 points, and the closest game between SEC and Swag has been 33 points. So I expect, I expect LSU to come out, and uh, I know they're across town school, but really, kind of show no mercy on this stuff. Show no mercy, uh, and really execute the offense right off the bat in the first half and play a very uh, a sharp game, at least while the starters in there for the most part. So. Uh, that's what they need to do. And I, if I was LSU, I'd come out and I'd throw deep on the first play to Kayshawn Butte just to show him, okay, we got faith in you. I'm pretty sure you can run past this defensive back. We're just we're going to go deeper regardless where you catch it or not. Uh, it wasn't a great game for Kayshawn last week. I think the problem is this offense is trying to get used to a quarterback who for most of the game didn't have faith in his offensive line and, and knew he can get at least 15 to 20 yards when he took off running, whether receivers were open or not. And he probably took took off a little bit too quick for two and a half scores. Maybe there were receivers open. The receivers got frustrated. Uh, and so I think everybody's trying to get used to Jane Daniels' style of quarterbacking. And I think Jane Daniels in the last, you know, last three drives hung in the pocket and made some really good throws and then got out and ran when he had to run. I think it, it took him an adjustment too because – he didn't have a didn't have a lot of great faith in the offensive line, and then when you're taking off too quick, your receivers kind of get frustrated because they feel like they're open and they're and they're you know and they get the ball. So there was a bunch of frustration going on there. Yeah, the fans, Ron's Jimmy, um, fans really took after, really went after Keishawn Butte after some of the uh, antics we saw last week, some of the frustration showing itself in various ways. 
what's really your your pr perspective on that whole situation? Do you think that was a kid that was the competitive side of him, kind of creating that frustration? Maybe a kid that's been battling injury for a while, didn't get the targets. Do you think there's something bigger going on? What was your feeling after you saw that transpire? And and do you think that there's something bigger brewing here, or do you think that was just um, you know, a competitor getting frustrated in the moment? I think it's a competitor getting frustrated in the moment, and, and it's really for the first time being in a game with Jaden Daniels and not, you know, not being the primary guy almost every throw. I mean, and he, he was targeted six times, caught two, but they were you know sporadic th throws here and there. I think what I think it would probably benefit Tayshawn to call Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and have those two talk him off the ledge and trying to explain to him, listen, when you're the, one of the main receivers, there's going to be games where the ball is not thrown to you very much. And the other guys are going to catch a lot of balls. The next game, you're going to catch the balls, and other guys are going to catch the balls. You have to understand there's an ebb and flow to being a, a, a top target. And you have to live with that and understand that and, and play run your routes very hard, even if you're not getting the ball. And I think we saw that. We saw that with Justice Jefferson and, and, and Jamar Chase in 2019 where one would have a, a great game with, you know, eight, nine catches. The other one would have, like, three. But there wasn't a frustration there on the guy who had the three catches. He'd come back the next game and flip, and he'd have nine. And so I think that what we're seeing here is Kayshawn needs to grow into the, the role as the, the top receiver and understand that he's not going to get the ball all the time. I know he's come back from uh, ankle surgery. That's frustrating, too. But he has to take this with a mature attitude and realize, if I'm not getting open, then somebody else must be open and help their catch the ball. And maybe next game will be me getting open. So I think that's what he needs to learn. Ron Higgins, columnist at TigerDetails.com, Hall of Famer as well. And, Ron, 93% um, of your offense last week went through Jaden Daniels if you're LSU. That, that's not sustainable. That has to change. How do they change it? Well, that they, they change it. I think I think Jaden has to change it, and and the offensive line has to change it. I think the offensive line has to show that they're going to hold up in pass protection, and that uh, so he can find receivers and not have to take off and run. I mean, you know, the, I mean, honestly, you're right. It's not sustainable. The first two and a half four that game. in and out here. But the, the, can you hear me? The. the the first two and a half quarters of that game. Yeah, Jay we got Daniels, you. We got you. Jay Daniels looked like a look, look, like a junior high offense. Okay, it's not open. I'm just taking off. I think if the offensive line blocks well and Jay Daniels gets that trust in the very beginning of the offensive line and balances out the offense where there's, there's throwing and he's just not taking off and running, uh, it'll be much better for everybody involved. And because Jay Daniels was in foreign territory last year, last week, where he never maybe had all the receivers at Arizona State that he, hit, he could throw to at LSU. He would take off and, and run at the first sign of trouble for the first two and a half quarters. And finally, when he settled in, I think that's when you saw more of what LSU offense wants to be like. And hopefully they'll carry that over for this game. They, they should carry over for this game and then you know move on to, to Mississippi State. Ron, there were quite a few things last week that were, I'd say, somewhat surprising, maybe even shocking. Um, but I think the most surprising thing for me was going back and watching the game. I only counted 16 design run calls um, by the LSU staff. And I, I didn't think that'd be the game plan. I thought we'd see a real balance here, maybe even run heavy, especially with 
Jaden Daniels and, and his reputation as not being able to go through his progressions and some of the things that, that have been, uh, he's been labeled as. I mean, were you surprised by that? And, and do you think that's something we see change, or is that possibly here to stay under Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock, who historically are known to, to, to really focus on the running game? Yeah, historically, it's been a, a very close pass-run balance. You know, usually 52-48 or, you know, somewhere somewhere right in there. I mean, it's been pretty much a balance. I don't know what they saw last week that maybe caused them to, I'm going to say panic, but or, but um, I know in the first first drive, LSU played three different running backs. So they're ro- rotating running backs in there, all three of them, a bunch. And I don't know if that's a great idea or they're still trying to look at, every, you know, of course, you know, uh, you know, Emory's not back yet, so uh, he'll be back next week, supposedly. So right now, I don't know what they're doing with their running game because it just seemed like they they got off it early, or they were in bad down and distance, or they got nothing from it on first or second down. They kind of shot away from it, or they figured their best play was basically was, you know, Jane Daniels scrambling for yardage. Uh, there weren't that many designed Jane Daniel runs. Most of them were just, you know, get the hell out of the pocket and get out of here. Uh, but I agree. I mean, there's a there's a lot of things that, that need to be fixed from the, from the opening week and uh, establishing a running game was one of them. I think partly because of this, uh, maybe even the coaches lost faith in the offensive line the way they played the, for, you know, during the course of that game and just decided, you know, we're just going to. Uh, Especially when it got down to seven, I guess we got to 17 3. They felt they had to really hurry up and, and get points. But for the first two and a half quarters, they, you're right. They didn't they didn't go to it much at all. Ron Higgins from TigerDetails.com. And Ron, tonight, if you're Brian Kelly, give me three goals you want to see accomplished. Uh, I want to see a I want to see a balanced offense with an offensive line that is opening holes and uh, and for, and protecting the passer so well that Jaden Daniels hardly ever feels the need to take off and scramble. Uh, so you can run more of a normal balanced offense that's sustainable. Uh, uh, I definitely want to see a, a kicking game that uh, whoever that back to have, they have, that they have a punt return, let's catch the ball, you know, let's not fumble the ball. And uh, three, I, I just, I want to see Kayshawn Boutte get loose and have a good game. Uh, I think he needs it for you know just for a confidence standpoint, uh, and I, I, LSU needs to put up, you know, I, I think we're doing well to put up forty-five or fifty points. It's doable on on, on this team. Uh, most SEC schools have done that against SWAC teams, and I think LSU needs to have from their starters. They need a very strong two and a half quarters, a very strong two and a half quarters and then turn it over to the reserves and, and let, let them play the last quarter and a half. But they need a very strong two and a half fours of, of good execution, good uh, good blocking up front, and uh, an offense that really kind of rolls downfield and scores on almost every possession. Still like Georgia did, did against Oregon, LSU needs to come out like, offensively and really show out. Ron, you've, you've covered, uh, God, I mean, decades of college football. You've, you've seen a lot of coaching changes. You've, you've covered a lot of different schools, too, and fan bases from those schools. So last week when I'm watching the game, you know, and you see some of the undisciplined plays, the, the launching by Ali Gay and, and the errors you have on special teams and the bad snap and all these type things, these typically are things you would attribute to coaching. But we all know it's Brian Kelly's first game at LSU. 
What kind of leash does he have? What kind of slack is he going to be given here? Or should he be given? At what point do we say these are errors that Brian Kelly is responsible for and maybe not carry over effects from Ed Orgeron? Well, I think being, being if, if they're still doing the, the same things three or four games into it, you worry about it. I mean, as far as the center staff, this is something that, that you know, he, he addressed in the preseason with Dellinger. He, he addressed that. Uh, you know, he thought he had it cleared up uh, and didn't. Uh, the kicking game, that was, you know, I, I don't understand why he went to Malik, Malik Neighbors. Uh, he never before returned punts. And you got guys on that team who were brilliant punt returns in high school, Sage Ryan for one. So, uh, Brian Kelly, uh, you know, took the blame for that, said, you know, I'm the one who chose him. I'm the one to put him back out there. It's on me. So, we'll see if that's corrected this week. You want to see if this team correct mistakes and get better. That's how you that's how you keep a fan base off the coach's rear end. Uh, it's one reason Arzron got fired, you know, because they never corrected any mistakes. It got worse and worse and worse. Uh, and with a new coach, you expect you start at ground zero and you lay a foundation and you get better and better and better. So things need to get considerably better this week I mean, and, and need to progress throughout the year. You know, clean up the little things that are going on right now. Uh, and so, again, after that first, uh, after the first game, uh, they almost pulled out a game they didn't deserve to win. I would have gone for two. That's just me. My offense is on fire. I'm going to go for two and take my chances. But here we go, the second game. They need to they need to step it up big and put some points up. Good execution uh, in every phase of the game. I mean, this they need to beat us. They need to beat a SWAC team like SEC teams beat SWAC teams. Ron Higgins, TigerDetails.com columnist. Thank you so much, Ron. I always look forward to your insight. All right, guys. Take care. Have a great Saturday. Thank you, Ron. All right, th- all right. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show live from Drago Seafood Restaurant. Down here in Baton Rouge, come out and hang out with us. Come get some of these fantastic oysters. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show here on WWL. Jimmy, you know you made it when you got the voice guy calling calling your name. Yeah, before yours too. I noticed that <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Smith and Christian Garrett almost like the okay. brother. <laughs> uh, to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines, we go. Uh, Danny on line one. Go ahead, Danny. You're on WWL. Hey, guys, you said that you were watching that Texas game in and out. I watched the whole thing. And if I'm Sarkeesian, I'm writing whatever conference those officials came from, that was horrible. Texas was robbed because that was a safety. I mean, making a bad call is one thing. But when you make a bad call that takes points off the board and affects the game like that, that was horrible. That was a safety. There was no rough in the pass or call. They even admitted that there shouldn't have been a I didn't see it because I was on my way here. Yeah. But I've seen and it on social call, media. And they gave Bama the ball still with fourth down. So you're talking, not only do you get the points on on uh, safety, you also have Bama kicking to Texas. So, I mean, that's that's just horrible, man. That, that was total robbery by those officials. And the, the only way to Bama, the only way that Bama could stop Texas on pass plays was by holding and face mask. It was horrible, man. I, and also the running plays. I mean, there were guys that were face masks, and they weren't even calling. It was, it, it was so blatant and obvious, they showed it on the screen after the Texas fans were booing. Uh, it, it was just horrible, man. Alabama gets away with so much, it's unreal. That, that's my feeling, 
right? I'm not into referee conspiracies all the time, but I feel like if there's one team that always seems to get the benefit of the calls, it's Alabama. On my way here, I received a call um, from a good friend who was saying the same exact things you just said, the, you know, the safety call being overturned, uh, constant holding and, and pass interference and face masks late in the game that were blatant and uncalled. And it's just kind of remarkable when you see. I wouldn't, Remember 10, 12 years ago? when they were marking the ball on the Alabama sideline and the Alabama coaches were basically telling them, like, move it up yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And then he picked up the ball yeah. and moved it. Yeah. I've also seen Alabama with the, when the chains came out, the chains, they were short of a first down by like four links in the chain and the referee instantly signaled first down and, and the drive continued. It's remarkable to see that play out game after game, week after week. I'm not into referee conspiracies, but at some point, uh, I, I think this needs to be addressed. It's kind of remarkable to see it happen so many times. Well, um, LSU fans can relate. Certainly so can uh, Saints fans on, on poor officiating. And it's something that it, it's too high stakes, Jimmy, for it not to be addressed. I mean, some yeah. of these coaches now, Steve Sarkeesian is not going to lose his job based on that. But what if he did, what if he ended up winning and what that would do for that program at, at Texas? Right. You know, and he's just getting started there. And what if it was a call that ended up costing because of the loss and a university president going, tough, i got to move on. And it's, it, there's yeah. too much at stake. It, it just changes the whole complex of the season for the whole league. Yeah. For everyone in the one team in the country. If, if they won and some bad calls went their way, you just altered the entire season possibly, right, for everyone involved. So I, I don't. I don't like the limited replays in college. I don't like the way – I feel like if there's a blatant face mask call and the refs miss it but somebody in the booth sees it, shouldn't that be able to come down? I yeah. Mean, I, but the, I know the, you're the, tinkering with the game a lot. But they I would mean, argue that's going to slow the game down. I, 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 as a fan, I want to just get it right. Get it right. Just I get think it right. Give me the best product. Give me the results. Uh, you know, if you slow it down, I'm still going to be there. If you slow exactly. the game 20 minutes, if you, by 20 minutes, I'm still going to be there because yeah. I'm dedicated to it. I'm a junkie with college and pro football. Get a junkie. Right. You said it right. Just get it right. Jimmy Smith, Christian Garrick here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show at Drago's and Baton Rouge on Constitution Avenue. This is WWL. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.